Welcome to the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. A podcast where an oldish man talks at a measured volume about music. And now, your host, Roger Strip. Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. I'm Roger Stroop. This week, I'm covering the most recent set of charts we've looked at so far. We're going back a mere 26 years to February 19th, 1994. Just about in just a quarter century. Might as well be yesterday. Let's start off with a check of pop culture. At the movies, you had two flicks that I must admit I went to see back-to-back on the same night back then. First, it was the vehicle that made a superstar of Canadian comedian Jim Carrey, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Then it was that ode to Gen X angst and dancing to My Sharona in convenience stores, Reality Bites, starring Winona Ryder, Ethan Hawke, and the film's director, Ben Stiller. Both of those movies were successful, and so the seeds of The Cable Guy were already being sown. Other movies that came out this month included My Father the Hero, which I've never seen, but the commercials made it seem hilarious, but not in the way it was intended to be. Let's just say it seems to be about sexual misunderstandings involving a middle-aged Frenchman, played of course by Gérard Depardieu, and his teenage daughter, played played by the then-unknown Catherine Heigl. You also had Blue Chips a sports drama featuring one of the first movie roles for Shaquille O'Neal. Kazam and Steel were still to come. And just like now, your options included a sequel and a remake. In this case, the former was My Girl 2, which replaced Macaulay Culkin's deceased character with the kid from The Last Action Hero. And in the latter case, you had The Getaway, which replaced Steve McQueen and Ally McGraw with Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger. On television, the big story was the record-breaking ratings for the Winter Olympics in Lillehammer, Norway, particularly for the women's figure skating competition, the first night of which gave CBS one of the highest primetime ratings ever. In case you've somehow forgotten, this interest was driven by the story between American skaters Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan, the latter of which was injured by an attack on her knee during the qualifying event, which many many suspected rightly it turns out, was the work of people connected to the former. In the end, Harding finished eighth, her most memorable moment being a breakdown over a broken skate lace. Kerrigan, however, didn't get the full storybook ending, being held to the silver medal by Ukrainian teenager Oksana Bayul. On the bestseller lists, you had three novels that would soon become hit movies. Michael Crichton's take on sexual harassment in the workplace, Disclosure, the John Grisham legal thriller, The Client, and of course, the phenomenon that was Robert James Waller's rural romance, The Bridges of Madison County. The nonfiction list featured two books by comedic performers, Jerry Seinfeld's Sign Language and Howard Stern's Private Parts, as well as two titles that evoked members of the canine family, The Hidden Hidden Life of Dogs by Elizabeth Marshall Thomas, and Women Who Run With the Wolves by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. And in music, unbeknownst to the world, 
the three surviving Beatles were gathered together with producer Jeff Lynne to add music to a couple of unfinished John Lennon demos that Yoko Ono had given to Paul McCartney. These sessions produced the song Free as a Bird, which would be released in late 1995. It was a chart hit, so I'm sure I will get a chance to review it somewhere down the line. Okay, on to the charts. We start with our usual look at a song that never made a top 40. This week, we're going to look at a song that combined soul, jazz, and hip-hop by a performer who was signed to Madonna's label and had her biggest success duetting with a Midwestern rocker. The song is... If That's Your Boyfriend, He Wasn't Last Night, by Michelle Endege Ocello. Number 78 this week on Billboard. Born in Berlin in 1969 to a U.S. Army officer and a nurse, Michelle Johnson grew up in Washington, D.C., where she played in bands in the city's late 80s go-go scene. In 1992, she she auditioned to be the new bassist in the band Living Color, but when she didn't get that job, she was soon signed to Madonna's Maverick Records label and adopted a surname which apparently means free like a bird in Swahili. Her debut album, Plantation Lullabies, was released in October of 1993, and this was the first single. If That's Your Boyfriend, He Wasn't Last Night is a sultry groove propelled by Endege Ocello's insistent bass. Over it, she raps defiantly and unpologetically unapologetically about sleeping with another woman's man. This is a sample of the case she makes. I'm the kind of woman. I'll do most any I'll do almost anything to get what I want. I might play any little game. Call me what you like, but you know it's true. You're just jealous because he wasn't with you. Don't mean no harm. I just like what I see. And it ain't my fault if he wants me. Got what I wanted, and the feeling was right. So if that's your boyfriend, he wasn't last night. And on the choruses, she does a she does a na 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 style ta- style taunt. Boyfriend, boyfriend, yes, I had your boyfriend. It's the song with the kind of swagger that male artists had been presenting for years, but it was unusual and striking to hear it done by a short-haired black woman with a bass guitar. If That's Your Boyfriend, He Wasn't Last Night would only get to number 73, but in the summer of 1994, Michelle Ndege would play bass and provide guest vocals on John Mellencamp's cover of Van Morrison's Wild Night, which got all the way to number three. Since then, she has released 11 more albums, played on records by Madonna, The Rolling Stones, and Alanis Morissette, and in 2016, she, commo- she composed a musical theater piece based on the works of author James Baldwin. We enter the top 40s by staying in the States for their number 32 song, Gin and Juice by Snoop Doggy Dog. Born Calvin Broadus in Long Beach, California in 1971, Young Snoop got his nickname from his seeming resemblance to Charlie Brown's Beagle. In his teens, Broadus was associated with members of the infamous Crips gang, and he was in and out of prison for several years. But also during this time, he was rapping and making mixtapes, and one of those got into the hands of former NWA member Dr. Dre, who liked what he heard. 
Snoop contributed rhymes to Dre's debut solo album, The Chronic, and featured heavily on the number two hit, Nothing But a G-Thang, in 1993. Later that year, Snoop released his debut, his, his debut album, Doggy Style, and this was the second single, following up his number eight hit, Who Am I, What's My Name? Gin and Juice is a hazy, lazy rap track about a life of smoking weed, drinking alcohol, having sex, and having one's mind on one's money, and one's money on one's mind. I'm not gonna, going to get into the more graphic lyrics, because I don't want the explicit label on my podcast at this time. True story. My first episode was flagged for explicit content, and the best reason I can come up with is that the episode description contained the word horny. Okay. Anyway, this is the one extended clean section of the lyric. Now that I got me some Seagram's gin, everybody got their cups, but they ain't chipped in. Now this kind of S star 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 happens all the time. You got to get yours, but fool, I gotta get mine. Everything is fine when you're listening to the DOG. I got the cultivating music that be captivating he who listens to the words that I speak as I take me a drink to the middle of the street. And for the record, Seagram's isn't the only gin brand that's referenced. Tonka Ray gets a shout out later. But there are no nods to juice brands. I'm sure, which I'm sure was to the disappointment of Minute Maid and Tropicana. Anyway, obviously there is some un- unenlightened language and content, but Snoop's drawling delivery has its undeniable charms. Gin and Juice would peak at number eight five weeks after this. A few months before this, Snoop was involved in an incident where his bodyguard shot and killed a man, allegedly in self-defense. Snoop was acquitted of murder in 1996. Since then, he has been a prolific recording artist, scoring many hit singles and albums. He hit number one in 2004 with Drop It Like It's Hot and did guest rhymes on two other number ones, I Want to Love You by Akon in 2006 and California Girls by Katy Perry in 2010. He released a reggae album as Snoop Lion in 2013, put out a gospel album in 2018, And since 2016, he has co-hosted the cooking show Martha and Snoop's Potluck Party with Martha Stewart. Next up is the number 37 song in the UK. Cornflake Girl by Tori Amos. Born in 1963, Myra Ellen Amos grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. She was a piano prodigy, attending the prestigious Peabody Conservatory of Music between the ages of 5 and 11. But her interest in pop and rock got her kicked out, and she spent her teens playing in piano bars, chaperoned by her father. In the 80s, she was signed to a major label and moved to Los Angeles where she formed a pop rock band called Why Can't Tori Reed, whose drummer Matt Sorum would go on to play with the Colts and Guns N' Roses. The band's 1988 album flopped, but her label stuck with, stuck with her. In 1992, she put out the album Little Earthquakes, a record full of confessional, piano-driven songs that produced three top 40 hits in Britain and slowly but surely built an audience in America. 
in, 19, in early 1994, she put out her second album, Under the Pink, and this was the first single. In the interest of full disclosure, I was a big Tori Amos fan back in the day. One of the handful of concerts I've been to was to her show on this tour in Hamilton, Ontario in November of 1994. This is the kind of bouncy pop with sinister undertones that attracted me to her. The lyrics are obtuse, but they are apparently about how women betray each other. Here's the beginning lyrics. See what you think. Never was a cornflake girl. Thought that was a good solution hanging with the raisin girls. She's gone to the other side, given us the old heave-ho. Things are getting kind of gross, and I go, it's sleepy time. This is not really... This, uh, this, this is not really happening. You bet your life it is. You bet your life it is. Oh, you bet your life. It's a peel out the watchword. Just peel out the watchword. Yeah, not really straightforward, but the mix of anguish and glee which, with which she, she sings them is quite compelling. Cornflake Girl was on its way down from its peak of number four. It didn't chart in the U.S., but did get to number 30 in Canada. Amos had several more top 40s in Britain and Canada, and had a U.K. number one in 1997 with a remix of the song Professional Widow. But she never reached higher than number 49 on the Hot 100. She continues to record and tour to this day. Now we make our first trip to Canada this week for their number 33, North Country, by the Rankin family. From Nova Scotia's Cape Breton Island, Cookie, Heather, Jimmy, John Morris, and Raylene Rankin were siblings who performed Celtic folk songs together at local house parties. In 1989 and 1990, they released two independent albums on cassette, and in 1992, EMI signed the group and re-released the second indie album, Fare Thee Well, Love. The album went top five and sold half a million copies, and the title track hit number 12. North Country was the second single and title track from their first official major label album. I'm not sure which sister sings lead on North Country, but like all of them, her voice is crystalline and warm as she sings over a slick country pop arrangement about making a living in the rural East Coast. Had this dream one late had this dream late one night about working on the gang of the Mull River Drive. Danny, me, and Freddie Wright making making a dollar a day just to stay alive. Rustling leaves on the ground, a cold hard rain coming down. Sleeping there on the damp on the dark damp earth for what it's worth. No reason can be found. No, it can't be found. She almost makes hard manual labor in inclement weather sound like paradise. It's that ability to find the joy and hardship that provides, provides this kind of music with its appeal. North Country would get to number 30. The group would have two more top 40 hits and release four more albums. John Morris Rankin was killed in a car accident in 2000, and in 2012, Raylene su succumbed to breast cancer. Cookie, Heather, and Jimmy carry on performing to this day. In 
We stay in Canada for their number 27 song, Loveland by Wild T and the Spirit. Trinidad native Tony Wild T Springer moved to Canada as an adult and was part of one of the last lineups of Rough Trade. In the 90s, he formed a blues rock power trio, and Loveland was the second single from their second album, Given Blood. Loveland is a mid-tempo rock song with a sexy vibe. To me, it's a less creepy version of what John Mayer tried to do years later with Your Body is a Wonderland. Here's some lyrics. Soft and tender, nice and slow. Sweet surrender. Do you want to go to Loveland with me? I take your body for a ride. I'll be your host. I'll be your guide in Loveland, honey. Come along with me. Follow me, baby. Come on, let's take a holiday. Not complicated, but Springer delivers these words in a way that's seductive, but not and not cheesy. And it's good. And his guitar solo is impressive, but still fits in with the smooth atmosphere. Loveland peaked at, peaked at number twenty-seven. The group had no further hits, but they continue to record and tour to this day. Yeah, there wasn't a lot to say about the, the song, this song, or the group, but I thought the song was. I just thought the song was worth drawing your attention to. Up next is the num- is the American number 28 song, Whoop, There It Is, by Tag Team. Cecil Glenn and Steve Gibson met in high school in Denver, Colorado. In 1988, Gibson went to the Art Institute of Atlanta to study audio en- engineering, and Glenn soon joined him in Georgia, where they began making rap demos using the names DC the Brain Supreme and Steve Rowland. In 1992, DC was working as a DJ in an, in an Atlanta strip club when he heard some dancers from, from Florida use a phrase he'd never heard before. He and Steve incorporated it into a song, and it got a strong enough a reaction in DC's club for him to borrow $2,500 to get 800 copies pressed. When those sold out quickly, the single was picked up by a small independent label and began to break nationwide. Whoop, There It Is, is a minimalist bass track over which DC and Steve Rowland rhyme enthusiastically about how great they are. The first verse is pretty much the mission statement. Tag team, back again. Check it to wreck it. Let's begin. Party on, party people. Let me hear some noise. DC's in the house. Jump. Jump. Rejoice. Says there's a party over here, a party over there. Wave your hands in the air. Shake your derriere. These three words mean you're getting busy. Whoop, there it is. Hit me. Poetry, no. But for a dumb, fun party jam, it does the trick. Whoop, there it is. Had peaked several months earlier at number two, but it was hanging around. As, as this was the 39th of its 45 weeks on the Hot 100. Tag Team would only crack the Hot 100 twice more, and in both cases with variations on this song, one incorporating the movie Adam's Family Values and the other involving Mickey and Minnie Mouse. Whoop There It Is continues to bring in royalties from use in films and television to this day. Oh, and the saying this song is based on that DC heard from some Florida strippers? Well, it came from a song that that had come out two months earlier, 
Woot, W-H-O-O-T, Woot, there it is, by 95 South. But that song managed to piggyback on tag team success, peaking at number 11. Now we're in Britain again for the song at number 26, Pale Movie by Saint Etienne. Named for a French soccer team, Saint Etienne are a London trio that formed during the late 80s British rave scene. In 1991, they picked up their first hit with a cover of Neil Young's Only Love Can Break Your Heart, and they had earned five more hits before releasing this, the first single from their third album, Tiger Bay. Pale Movie is dreamy house music about really luxurious sex. These are some of the really evocative lyrics. In the bed where they make love, she's in a film on the sheets. He shows dreams like a movie. She's the softness of cinema seats. Like roses grow in a churchyard. Her skin, white as the milk. Just like a Sherpa Tenzig under a manila silk. The Sherpa reference is a little out of nowhere, but it works as a possible reference to climbing the highest peaks of passion. Anyway, the words, the beats, Sarah Cracknell's breathy delivery, and some Spanish guitar touches combined for some really sensual music. Pale Movie peaked at number 26. The group would have seven more UK Top 40s and continue to record, tour, and make music for film and television to this day. We'll start getting into the top 20s right after this. Hello, I'm Roger Stroop, host of the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. If you like listening to this, I've got good news. It's also a blog. I've been writing it for over nine years, looking back at hits from the past from the American, British, and Canadian pop music charts. Right now, I'm mainly covering British charts from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So if you can't learn enough about Cliff Richard, status quo, and singing soccer players, this is the place for you. I also do a Canadian chart recap about once a month. So if you need a Trooper or Kim Mitchell fix, I'm your man. And I'm also in the middle of a project to determine the most unique, interesting, and or just plain weird U.S. Top 40 hit of the 1980s. And to top it all off, it's the place to be to get the links to, to the latest episode of this very podcast before anywhere else. So check it out at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. Why is that the URL? You'll have to go there to find out. That's the Old Man Yells at Music blog at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. We're back. And now we're, in, we're still in Britain for their number 15 song, Sweet Lullaby by Deep Forest. Deep Forest is a project of French, of French musicians Michel Sanchez and Eric Mouquet. The two combined electronic beats with exotic music from many corners of the world. Sweet Lullaby is their most favorite, famous song. Sweet Lullaby is a combination of languid dance beats and samples of a 1970 field recording made in the Solomon Islands of a woman named, named Afunakwa singing a song called Roroguela, 
which is about an orphan comforting his younger brother about the loss of their parents. You can hear the pain in her voice, but the sounds surrounding them seem like a kind of forced exotica that's more about trying to sound worldly than evoking the emotion of the song. It's an interesting track, but there's something about it that doesn't seem quite right to me. Sweet Lullaby went to number 10 on its first release in 1992. This was a remixed version, and it beat to number 15. The group would have two more top 40s and would collaborate with musicians from Africa, the Far East, and other parts of the world. Michelle Sanchez went his own way in, 19, in 2005, but Eric Mouquet continues to record as Deep Forest to this day. Now back to Canada for their number 16 song, Dancing on My Own Ground by Lawrence Gowan. Lawrence Gowan was born in 1956 in Scotland, but his parents moved to Scarborough in the greater Toronto area shortly after his birth. At 19, he completed the classical piano program at the Royal Conservatory of Music, and he played in some local Toronto bands until releasing a solo album in 1982 just under the name Gowan. But it was his second album, Strange Animal, and particularly its first single, the top five hit A Criminal Mind, that made him a star in Canada. He would pick up six more top 40 hits as as Gowan, but in 1993 he released his first album as Lawrence Gowan, which he cheekily named But You Can Call Me Larry. This is the second hit from that album. Dancing on My Own Ground is shuffling pop rock about coming into one's own and not allowing others to dictate what you can and can't do. Here's how he conveys this. I must confess, I more or less have played your last request. I took a trip aboard your ship. Well, now we're back, I guess. When I let you tempt me, did I think my tank was empty or just running low? Don't know. One too many pieces missing. Had to learn how not to listen. Now I know I've finally come around. Dancing on my own ground again. All that I'd lost, I've found. Dancing on my own ground again. And I'm all right. There are lyrics that can, that can apply to romantic life or professional direction. So no matter what he actually wrote them about, their meaning to the listener is malleable. And that can contribute to a song's stickiness in people's minds. And combined with a fine melodic hook, the result in this case is premium pop. Dancing on My Own Ground would peak at number 15. He would have four more hits as, as Lawrence Gowan. Then in 1999, he replaced Dennis DeYoung in the band Sticks, And he has been with them since, recording three albums and playing thousands of shows. <laughs> Now we're back in the USA for the number 14 song, Cantaloupe Flip Fantasia by Us Three. Us Three was formed by British producers Jeff Wilkinson and Mel Simpson, who started combining instrumental jazz with hip-hop beats and rhymes. When they issued an indie single using music released by legendary jazz label Blue Note Records, the company called them and instead of suing them, allowed them access to the label's entire catalog. 
The result was an album called Hand on the Torch. Cantaloupe, Flip Fantasia was the first single. Featuring rapper Rashawn Kelly and trumpeter Gerard Presencer, Cantaloupe Flip Fantasia is based on a sample of Cantaloupe Island, a 1964 composition by keyboardist Herbie Hancock. The production creates a loose, limber groove over which Kelly delivers rhymes like these. Feel the beat drop, jazz and hip-hop. Dripping in your dome makes you zone and bop. Funk and fusion, a fly illusion. Keeps you coasting on the rhythm you're cruising. Up, down, round, and round, rhymes profound. But nevertheless, you've got to get down. Fantasy freak through the beat so unique, you move your feet and sweat from the heat. Back to the fact I'm the Mac and I know that. The way I kick the rhyme, some will call me a poet. Poems steady flowing, growing, showing, sights and sounds, caught in the groove in the tale I found. Many trip the tour upon the rhymes they saw to an infinite height to the realm of the hardcore. Here we go. Off I take ya. Drip trip, dip trip, flip fantasia. There's a kind of beatnicky quality to the lyrics that fits the whole package. It bridges two improvisational art forms in a very organic-seeming way. Cantaloupe would hit number nine in America while peaking just outside the top 20 in Britain and Canada. Hand on the Torch became Blue Note's best-selling album ever, a title it maintained until 2002 when it was blown away by Nora Jones's Come Away With Me. Us Three would have two more UK hits, but have been a a lower-profile but still prolific act since, releasing eight more albums with a variety of rappers and musicians. Now we hit the top tens, starting with the American number nine, Ghetto Jam by Domino. Born in 1972, Sean Ivey grew up in Long Beach, California. As a teenager, he joined the Crips Street Gang. In 1992, he auditioned for a rap group that was to feature members of both the Crips and their rival, the Bloods. He made the group and rhymed on the Bloods and Crips 1993 gold album, Bangin' on Wax. Later that year, he released his self-titled debut solo album, and this was the first single. Ghetto Jam is, let's face it, a song about having lots of sex with random women. And the language is as genteel and respectful as you'd expect. The cleanest, and frankly most interesting part of the lyric, is the sing-song chorus. Here we go, here we go, as the tune starts to bloom, with a fat, fat, fat chorus. One, two, three, if this is OG, the freaks would would you move your bootayas. The ghetto jam is about to slam, with some notes from the diggity D-E. As I key what's really going on, would you reminisce with me-e? I like unusual pronunciations. Other than that, this is okay, but Domino just doesn't have the charm or, or the flow of his fellow Long Beachian Snoop Dogg. Ghetto Jam was down from a peak of number seven. He had one more top 40 hit, but he never matched his initial success with any of his next eight albums. Now we land in Canada with their number six, Distant Sun by Crowded House. 
Crowder House was formed in 1984 by Neil Finn and Paul Hester. Two ex-members of the briefly successful New Zealand-based group Split Ends. Their 1986 debut album was a surprise North American hit, producing the Canadian number one Don't Dream It's Over and the top ten Something So Strong. Their next two albums weren't as successful in America, but they continued to have hits in Canada and picked up momentum in Britain. This was the first single from their fourth album, Together Alone. Distant Sun is jangly pop rock about trying to understand what the person you love needs most and how frustrating it can be to not know. Here are some lyrics. Still so young to travel so far. Old enough to know who you are. Wise enough to carry the scars without any blame. There's no one to blame. It's easy to forget what you learned. Waiting for the thrill to return. Feeling your desire burn and drawn to the flame. When your seven worlds collide, whenever I am by your side, dust from a distant sun will shower over everyone. Dust from a distant sun will shower over everyone. And I'm lying on the table, washed out in a flood, like a Christian feeling vengeance from above. I don't pretend to know what you want, but I offer love. It's that combination of helplessness and hopefulness that we, tr- that we try to balance whenever someone we care about is suffering in a way we have no power to fix. This band is really good at conveying these kind of relationship situations, and this might be their best song. Distant Sun went to number four in Canada and number 19 in Britain. The group had several more hits in Britain before they broke up in 1996. Sadly, Paul Hester committed suicide in 2005. And shortly afterward, but sh- and shortly afterward, a revamped lineup of Crowded House resumed recording and touring. They're scheduled to tour the UK in 2020. Hello, this is podcaster Roger Scroop with another commercial for Linda's Lessons. You know, my wife, Linda Quigg, is a little uncomfortable about me doing commercials for her. She has this idea that she's somehow unworthy of being promoted this way. Well, I can assure you that she is more than worthy of a commercial. And if you live in and around St. Catharines, Ontario, and you are in the market for singing, piano, or musical theory lessons, she is infinitely worthy of your business. If there is music in you, she will bring it out in a friendly, enjoyable, and thoroughly professional manner. So look her up on Facebook by searching for Linda's Lessons. That's Linda with a Y. And check out her singing videos on the Facebook page. The lady can sing. And she does weddings. Just saying. Now we'll begin our dive into the top tens by going to UK. Number 10, I Like to Move It by Reel to Reel featuring the Mad Stuntman, a New York group's dance hit that that resurfaced a decade later after being used in the movie Madagascar. Number 9, Let the Beat Control Your Body by Two Unlimited one of several hits for the Belgian techno outfit best known for Get Ready For This and No Limit. 
Number eight, All for Love by Brian, Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting. The all-star movie ballad that went to number one in North America, but only number two here. Number seven, Move On Baby by Capella, the third of four top tens for this Italo house group. Number six, A Deeper Love by Aretha Franklin. The Queen of Soul's last UK top ten was this CNC Music, Fac- Music Factory production. Number five, The Power of Love by Celine Dion. The Quebecoise's hit cover of a mid-80s hit by American Jennifer Rush. Number four, Return to Innocence by Enigma. Number three, Breathe Again by Tony Braxton, the first triple top ten for the Maryland R&B diva. Number two, Things Can Only Get Better by Dee Ream, the only number one for a boy band from Northern Ireland. And the number one song in the UK this week was... Without You by Mariah Carey. Her first number one here was a cover of Harry Nelson's Triple Crown winning 1971 ballad. Now we're off to America. Number 10, So Much in Love by All for One. The Californian vocal group had their first hit with a cover of a 1963 hit by The Times. Number nine, Ghetto Jam by Domino. Number eight, Understanding by Xscape, the second top 10 for an Atlanta R&B girl group. Number seven, Without You by Mariah Carey. Number six, Hero by Mariah Carey, her eighth number one in just over three years. Number five, what a Man by Salt and Pepper, Salt and Peppa, excuse me, featuring on, on Vogue, the rap trio's biggest hit. Number four, Breathe Again by Tony Braxton. Number three, The Sign by Ace of Bass, a North American number one from the Swedish pop machine. Number two, All for Love by Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting. And the number one song in the U.S. this week was... The Power of Love by Celine Dion. Okay, let's get to it. The Canadian Top Ten. Number 10. Amazing by Aerosmith. The one-hit ballad from their Get a Grip album that doesn't have Alicia Silverstone in the video. Number 9. Will You Be There in the Morning by Heart. The Seattle group had Canadian connections from the start, which is probably how they ground out one more top 10 here when this just scraped in the top 40 at home. Number eight, Every Day by Phil Collins. One more hit ballad from Old Phil. Number seven, Mr. Jones by Counting Crows. The first of two number ones here for the California hippie alt-rockers. Number six, Distant Sun by Crowded House. Number five, Streets of Philadelphia by Bruce Springsteen, the boss's theme for the movie that gave Tom Hanks his first Oscar. Number four, Linger by the Cranberries, the first big hit for the jangly Irish band led by the late Dolores O'Rourke. Number three, Found Out About You by the Gin Blossoms, the biggest Canadian hit for the Arizona band named for what alcohol can do to one's face. Number two, All for Love by Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting. And the number one song in Canada, and the one and the one I spotlight this week was "The Power of Love" by Celine Dion. 
Born in 1968 in tiny Charlemagne, Quebec, Celine Dion was the youngest of 14 children. She began singing in her parents' piano bar at age five, and when she was 12, she sent a recording of a song she, she'd co-written to record producer René Angelil. He was impressed enough to mortgage his house to produce her first album, which made her a star in Quebec. Throughout the 80s, her fame spread to France and other parts of Europe, and she even sang Switzerland's winning entry in the 1988 Eurovision Song Contest. Around this time, she developed ambitions to break into the English-speaking world, so she learned the language and in 1990 released the album Unison. It produced five Canadian top 40s and a U.S. top five in Where Does My Heart Beat Now? Later in 1991, her profile was raised further when she duetted with Peebo Bryson on the top 10 theme to the Disney movie Beauty and the Beast. Since then, she'd picked up five more Canadian hits, including her first number one, If You Asked Me To. The Power of Love was the first single from her third English album, The Color of My Love. The Power of Love, as I said earlier, was a hit for Jennifer Rush in 1985 and 86. It went to number one in the UK and Canada, but stalled at number 57 in the, in the US, although a version by Laura Branigan would get to number 26 there in 1987. Dionne's version is pretty similar to the others, although she probably gives the most restrained performance. The lyrics are about the overwhelming nature of romantic love. Here are the most famous ones. The whispers in the morning of lovers sleeping tight are rolling by like thunder now as I look in your eyes. I hold on to your body and feel each move you make. Your voice is warm and tender, a love that I could not forsake. Because I'm your lady and you are my man. Whenever you reach for me, I'll do all that I can. We're heading for something. Somewhere I've never been. Sometimes I am frightened. But I'm ready to learn of the power of love. It's a big ballad that provides the showcase her voice had been looking for. Obviously, the power of love was a North American number one, but it only got to number four in Britain. She would go on to become a massive international star scoring many hits, the biggest of all being that ubiquitous Titanic theme, My Heart Will Go On. She's released several more albums in English and, Fran in English and French, did a four-year residency in Las Vegas, and in 1994, she married manager René Angelil despite their 26-year age difference. They had three children and remained together until his death in 2016. to sum up the pop hits of 1994. Well, hip-hop was cementing its foothold on the American singles chart. Dance music was incorporating different sounds from around the world. Canadian stream radio was supporting a, diver a diverse selection of homegrown artists. But as is often the case, the right diva with the right song can fend off all challengers. Thank you for listening to, the, to this episode of the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. As always, if you like what you hear, subscribe, share, and, leave a, and or leave a review where you found it. You can also leave feedback on the blog post for this episode at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com or on my Facebook page or Twitter feed, both of which are at Mr. B. Glovehead. 
There's also a YouTube playlist for this episode, which I've linked to in the show notes. All lyrics quoted are the property of the copyright holders and are used for discussion purposes only. No infringement is intended. Next week, I'm breaking my pattern and doing another set of charts, this time from 1976. Until then, thanks again for listening. I'm Roger Stroop, and Rabbit, where'd you put the keys, girl?